0: This is Winning Cures Everything. Here's your host, Gary Seegers. Hey, hey, it is Thursday, June the 20th. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. We do this every day, 10 to 15 minutes of your time, sometimes a little longer when we have my buddy Chris on. Uh, he is the co-host of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. You can follow the show at Winning Cures. You can also get us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite platform is, we're on it. Go check it out. Make everything easy on yourself. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Here is today's rundown. It is NBA Draft Day. I've got my top five most successful picks from tonight. I've got my top five NBA Draft busts for tonight. And then we're going to talk about Al Horford, Harrison Barnes, Giannis Valanciunas, et etc. opting out of their contracts and why so many guys are opting out of big money player options this season. The show, as always, brought to you by BetNow.eu. Go check that thing out for yourself. It is a fantastic layout, fantastic uh, odds, fantastic everything. I mean, it's great. They treat us well. They'll treat you well. They make it simple. If you're a recreational gambler, you want to put 10 bucks down, 25 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever, go and check it out. They are the best spot to do it. Winning 50 is the promo code use promo code winning50. That's W I N N I N G I N G five zero. 0. They will give you a 50% deposit bonus. You put in a hundred bucks, they're going to give you 50 free to play with. You put in a thousand bucks, they're going to give you 500 free to play. It doesn't matter what the total is. 50% deposit bonus. Go check them out. Betnow.eu. Use promo code winning50. Going to make this one a quick one today. We're just going to kind of roll through the lists. Here are my top five most successful NBA draft picks for tonight. And this is not including the top three. Everybody assumes R.J. Barrett, John Morant, and Zion Williamson are going to be great. right? Those are the ones that everybody wants. That's what everybody thinks. Those are fine. Whatever. These are the ones outside of those top three that I think will be the most successful early on in their careers. Uh, Number one for me, Jared Culver. Texas Tech, as versatile as it gets, he plays physical. He's fantastic on defense. The guy can score. Uh, he can work in transition. He can play in slowdown mode. Everything about him is awesome. Jared Culver will be a success at the NBA level. Number two, DeAndre Hunter. Virginia, he's a six foot seven scoring assassin. Look, at Virginia, he was the difference between this team losing in the first round to a 16 seed and winning a national championship. I mean that's just the bottom line. I mean the guy put up 30 points in the national championship game against the best defensive team in college basketball last year. Uh, I'm all over DeAndre Hunter. I don't know why more people don't like him early in the draft. Yes, he's supposed to be like a top six, seven pick. I mean I'd have him probably in the top three. I might have him over R.J. Barrett. Just what I would think. DeAndre Hunter, fantastic basketball player. Next up, Kobe White, North Carolina. Look, six five. Combo guard. Obviously at North Carolina he proved he can play the point. He can score. His leadership is at this point completely unquestioned. Uh fantastic all around player. He can play defense, but more so on offense, he can absolutely fill it up. That's perfect for the NBA game. So I like Kobe White. He was my number three. Number four, Tyler Hero. Now I know a lot of people are kind of out on Tyler Hero. They don't know what to make of him, you know, it just another white guy that can shoot, right? Look. Nearly ninety four percent free throw shooter. At, first off, that's absolutely incredible. Ninety four percent. So you know that he's effective there. You know he's reliable. He's got beautiful shooting form. Six foot six. He can guard a little bit. He can create his own shot. Late last season at Kentucky, he was able to uh, use his jump shot, his fadeaway, to create shots for himself, and he shoots them at a high percentage. The guy has beautiful form. It, no, he didn't shoot a high percentage three-pointers at Kentucky, but that's something that can be fixed in the NBA, especially with his form. I mean, I I like this guy a lot. I think he's going to be very effective at the NBA level. And number five, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Uh, he is a sniper from three. He's got an insanely quick release, and we see how important that is with guys like Clay Thompson, right? Uh, he's tough on defense. He played for Buzz Williams. I mean, it's he is a package that people are not paying enough attention to, And it might just be because he played at Virginia Tech. But I'm telling you, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is an absolute player. Uh, He's going to be a steal late in the first round for somebody. Late just outside of the lottery, I would imagine. Uh, Here are my top five NBA draft busts. Number one, Jackson Hayes from Texas. Look, this team was 16-15 and through the regular season with him. He didn't score 20 points in a single game last year. Uh, But they were 16-15 and with him. And then he injured himself in the conference tournament in a game against Kansas. He played 14 minutes, only took one shot, only got two rebounds, had four personal fouls. That was a disaster. And yes, that was a very small sample size. But throughout the season itself, it's not like he was fantastic, right? Uh, he's six eleven, 220 pounds, really tall and lanky, not a great scorer. He's a project. And we've seen how projects work out. I, I mean, we'll see. He didn't start the first... You know, half of the season. So, going from that to an NBA lottery pick, it's worked before, but I just don't buy into it. But yeah, sixteen and fifteen with him, five and zero nit champions without him. Uh, Not a big fan of Jackson Hayes. That was my number one. Number two, Bol Bol from Oregon. Uh, Another tall lanky, seven foot two, two hundred and ten pounds. There is just no weight on him whatsoever. Obviously we already know he's injury prone. he missed uh, more than half of last year. Uh, I'm not sure what people would do with him. you know it, the the big man in the modern NBA is not very effective, not very useful because everybody plays smaller now. Uh, you can find a way to to use him as a five, especially since you know that he can spread the floor at least a little bit, but uh, he is the team was better without him. I mean, Oregon was better after they lost him. I mean, they were a Sweet 16 team, uh, but with him, they were just a, another average team in a, in a very average Pac-12. Uh, Cam Reddish from Duke, inconsistent, uh, appeared kind of lost at times. He just he disappeared behind R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, and I understand a lot of people would do that, but he's got bad shot selection. He did not find his role in that spot, and going into the NBA you're going to have even more talent on these teams than Duke did last year. So uh, I don't know what Cam Reddish is going to do. I mean, he's yeah, he's going to be a top-ten pick tonight, but I don't have a lot of faith in him being able to develop even more. It seems like since high school, uh, he's gone even further down the list. Keldon Johnson from Kentucky. Look, potential and athleticism off the charts, right? Uh, he wasn't able to do a lot at Kentucky. Yes, his numbers... In some spots were great, but he got uh, he kind of disappeared behind a lot of the talent at Kentucky. His name was not the one that was coming up big you know it was p j washington it was Tyler hero it was uh, uh, uh Travis Reed it was you know all these different guys, but it it wasn't normally him, and yes, his height and weight and whatnot you cannot teach that he should be fine on defense but I just don't know how that projects to the next level. Uh, he could end up being great, uh, but I'm not buying it. And then last, number five, Eric Paschal from Villanova. six foot seven, two 255 pounds, undersized, uh, not a great shooter. He could end up being a role player in the league, and I think that would probably be the ceiling. Uh, or he could be in the G League in like three years. Uh, he's too short to defend in the post. I think he's... Too slow to defend the perimeter. I don't know where he fits in in today's NBA, and he's a great college player, but his size and athleticism, I think, deter him. They they don't give him as many opportunities as he could have. Uh, so those are my those are my top five most successful picks and top five least successful picks. Let's talk about this topic real quick before we get out of here. Giannis Valanciunas from the grizzlies opted out of his 17 plus million dollar player option for next year. Al Horford opted out of his 30 million dollar, 30 million plus dollar player option for next year with the Celtics. Harrison Barnes opted out of a 25 million dollar player option with the Mavericks for next year. This is a lot of money to be turning down, right? If you're just going into free agency, what you're hoping for is that you get more money than that guaranteed, right? I think that this is the Kevin Durant injury effect. And the reason I say that is you want to be secured over the next however long. You don't want it to come down to one season, right? Kevin Durant's great. He's going to get a max contract no matter what he does. He can either opt into his 31 plus million dollar deal, uh, player option with the Warriors, or he can go sign with the the Knicks, and they will give him a max deal because he's when he's healthy, he is the best player in the NBA right now. But some of these other guys, Al Horford, Harrison Barnes, Giannis Valanciunas, you know, is is Giannis Valanciunas at seven foot, two hundred fifty plus pounds? Is he going to be worth more than seventeen million dollars a year anywhere? And I don't think that he will be. But for next year, it would be worth like I think seventeen point eight million. Over the length of a three-year, four-year contract, could he get more money back? Say he makes $14 million a year for four years with the majority of it guaranteed. Say Harrison Barnes, he turned down over $25 million for next year, but can he get 17 or $18 million a year for two, three years? Can he be more secure going forward rather than just betting on yourself for a year and having the possibility of a Kevin Durant-like injury? That's the issue, right? So do you take less money per year so that you have more money secured in the long term as opposed to betting on yourself for one season? And I think that's why the Kevin Durant thing, the Clay Thompson thing, I think that's why a lot of people uh are going to be going more this direction than they have been over the past, you know, three, four, five years, where some of these guys were playing on one year deals. LeBron James started this, right? He one year deal. With a player option for the next. One-year deal, player option for the next. And it put everything in the players' hands. But when players start getting injured and they realize, oh, I could get injured and I might not make as much money coming into free agency the next time or, or somebody may not offer me a one-year deal for more than... I mean, look at DeMarcus Cousins. He was coming off of two different injuries. He claimed that nobody would offer him a big-time contract. He signed for five million dollars. And yes, I understand he signed for five million to play with the Warriors so he could go get a ring, which he did not get. But that was the purpose of that. You know, I don't think he was gonna get any more than twelve to fifteen million, but the teams would like to have some of that uh that flexibility back as well, right? Well, if we're gonna sign you, we need to know one, that you're gonna be uh back in a reasonable amount of time. Two, we're not just wasting our money. Uh, three, you want to be, I mean, all sorts of different stuff, right? So, with these guys, Valentinus, Horford, Barnes, I think we're going to see more of this where players will decline that player option for more security. They want the financial security, they want the long term solution as opposed to the one year deals. And I think that's going to be good for the NBA. I like that. All right, that's going to wrap up today's show. As always, head over to winningcureseverything.com. We have changed podcast servers. We are on Red Circle now instead of SoundCloud. Uh, You can find the link, redcircle.com slash everything something. Whatever it is, you can find it over at winningcureseverything.com. You can find everything over there. Uh, Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave some nice reviews. Leave some nice comments. We appreciate you being here. We will see you again tomorrow.